Hi, everyone. This is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. Featuring your hosts, Taylor Bradley. And Alex Yankovich. Yeah, every day, we're just out here. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another amazing episode of Inside Dance Podcast with your hosts, Taylor and Alex. We are so excited for another amazing episode this week. You guys, ah, I, I, I have chills, honestly, <laughs> from our interview that you guys are going to hear in just a little bit. We are joined by the incredible award-winning choreographer, Bonnie Story. So stay tuned for that because there's a lot that you won't want to miss. But before we get there, uh, speaking of not missing, missing things, make sure you're staying up to date with us. You can find us on Instagram at Inside Dance Podcast. There we'll announce when our new episodes are coming out, who our featured guests are. So make sure that you're following. Additionally, keep up with us on all streaming platforms, Apple Music, Spotify. Make sure that you are rating, subscribing. We would love it if you could leave us a review. Um, and that way you'll get those notifications every time our episodes debut on Wednesday. You can also write us at InsideDancePodcast at gmail.com to let us know if you have any questions, if there's anything you want us to discuss, or maybe you have a suggestion for a guest we should have on. Feel free to do that, plus birthday shout-outs. Come on, we want to lift you up as well. So uh, don't be shy in writing to us. Lastly, make sure that you're keeping up with our friends, our sponsors, our incredible partners over at Inside Dance Magazine. They are also on Instagram at InsideDanceMag. All right, guys, it's time for our community spotlight. This week, we asked our special interview guest what company, what organization that she'd like to bring awareness to. And she said, without a doubt, the Elephant Jungle Sanctuary. The Elephant Jungle Sanctuary is an ethical and sustainable ecotourism project based in Thailand. Founded in July of 2014, it began as a joint initiative between members of the Karen Hill tribes of Northern Thailand and Chiang Mai locals who were concerned about the welfare of their elephants in Thailand. Their mission is to provide as many elephants as possible with the good health, freedom, and happiness they truly deserve. They use their progressive and ethically responsible approach to elephant ecotourism as a platform to raise awareness and educate people from Thailand and around the world about elephant care and the plight of the Asian elephant. They hope to lead by example and contribute a positive change in the perception of elephants, to witness a future where elephants are not ridden, poached, overworked, or abused, and are instead treated with care, love, and respect. Okay, honestly, how can you not get goosebumps just reading, just listening about this incredible company? And I think this is a perfect organization that parallels um, our amazing guest this week, right? She is such a beacon of hope, of joy, of love. And what better way to give back and spread that joy um, than bringing attention to these gentle giants of the jungle? So if you want to learn a little bit more about the Elephant Jungle Sanctuary, you can check out their website, which is elephantjunglesanctuary.com. There you can find plenty of information and resources, everything from why Asian elephants are endangered to why you shouldn't ride elephants, right? Additionally, if you ever find yourself traveling to Thailand, you can schedule a visit for one of their several locations. So be sure to check out their website and social media to stay up to date and in the now with the Elephant Jungle Sanctuary. We will have their information posted in our description below. All that being said, Alex, how are you doing? It is spring. It has sprung. I'm not going to talk about plants, but how are you? Oh, things are so good. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, like planting seeds is such a real thing. Here we are back to plants. I know, back to plants. I know. I totally did not mean to like make that a segue, but I did. 
Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. I, I do just want to say a little tip for dancers out there, plant your seeds because you know, after some rain things always happen. So don't always, I, I, I'm being super vague, but, um, yeah, it's nice. I just, a bunch of things, a bunch of people I reached out to, you know, a while back are now all getting back to me and, you know, it's everything's full force. So it's absolutely. Great. Yeah. Well, no, and I feel, I'm good. No. And I'm going to echo that point too. Cause I feel like, um, it's it's been through this year plus uh, pandemic time. It's been a time to plant seeds because we have time to plant seeds, and I feel like we're all starting to see the germination. If we're going to use scientific yeah. terms, um, what's up, eighth grade bio? Um, and yeah, we're seeing things begin to bloom, and it is so inspiring. We're seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. I'm, I'm starting to get auditions and castings, and and things just in my inbox even if i can't go i'm just like ooh, forward yes, motion it's so it's so inspiring and yeah so i'm um, just continuing to find that balance like you said of uh taking care of your seeds that you do have continuing to plant new seeds but mostly just being proud of this garden i swear hgtv if you want to sponsor <laughs> us let us know but um let's uh one thing i want to talk about before we get to our interview with bonnie is um, kind of looking back on our on on the amazing successes, the amazing standout performances, the wow moments of our industry. Um, as you know, um, as many of our listeners know, Bonnie was the one of the choreographers for the High School Musical series, which I think is so iconic to anyone. Um, basically, in our dance generation, it really paved the way for a lot of exposure and knowledge of what dance is for us, but let's, let's backtrack. Alex, I'm curious for you, what are some of your, um, like, wow, iconic, when you think of dance, whether it's on film, um, or not, what's, what's like the standout dance sequences for you? Oh, wow. I mean, there's so many, and you know, what's interesting is I feel like, uh, everybody watches all of these famous movies, but we kind of just like don't remember that these iconic dance scenes happen, but people are like dancers, what do dancers do? And I'm like, um, dancers are in your favorite movies that you love. And even like in Charlie's angels, um, like the opening scene when Cameron Diaz is dreaming, like even that scene to heaven must be missing an angel is like one of my favorite, like short little dance snack, snack bites. Like it's so good. I think Marguerite Derrick's actually may have choreographed that. I'll do, yeah. I'll do a double check on that. Wait, but. hold on. That's funny. I'm going to, I'm going to feed off that. Cause you're saying that one of my favorite dance scenes, I forget which one, I think it's the first Austin powers, but oh when they're dancing God. through the seat, the streets and I'm just like, oh. It's so obsessed. So, so amazing. <laughs> but isn't it funny? It's yeah, it's dance is so pivotal in painting the picture and the scene and like quickly immersing your viewer into that world. I mean, I suppose that's why musical theater is successful, right? But right. it's like um, everyone, whether it's the like a full on dance soloist, whether you're tumbling through the streets or whether you're holding a magazine and just like doing like a little uh -huh. shoulder bop, it's crazy how much weight. Um, and importance it holds in creating that immersive theater experience. But yeah. um, I, I love, love that. What else? I love singing in the rain. Uh, Sid Charisse mm. in her green dress. That, that scene in the bar is like one of my favorites. I love cell block tango in, How could in you Chicago. Not? That I thought... I thought if that you was, don't like cell block tango, turn this off right now. And it was just really... <laughs> just kidding, please don't. <laughs> it was really well done in the film. Like it was... 
uh, it was just so high caliber. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff doesn't get old for me. And even just for center stage, the ending finale dance, which is like 12, 14 minutes long, that is just so amazing. And like the, again, I just love when films really bring this high caliber dancing and choreography and exposure and that enor- like we talk about how we always want to inspire non-dancers and a lot of these films do a really good job of inspiring non-dancers and it's it's really important some of my favorite scenes in the dance world i'm trying to think like broad spectrum like zoom out um britney spears slave for you i think is so oh, iconic so good um I think so good. what else? Um, shoot, I'm blanking. The brothers, tap dancers, stairs. Darn, why can I not? Nicholas Brothers. That's what Yeah, Nicholas for. Brothers. <gasps> so wonderful. Um, the Nicholas Brothers, the two, the tap duet on the stairs, iconic. Like, <laughs> I remember seeing that and so I'm like, well, good. I have to learn how to tap now. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, oh, this one's going <laughs> to... This one's extra special for you. Uh, silly, but the Napoleon Dynamite canned heat dance scene. I know way too much about that scene. So, like, it's so it's so good. And apparently they had three different songs um, that they were choosing from. But that budget for that film was like $400,000, which is nothing. And they spent most of that money on getting the um, Jamiroquai rights for canned heat because that was the most expensive part of the movie. But, like, that was the song that worked. <laughs> That was the song that worked best. And that was the cheapest song option of the three that they picked. But they literally only had $400,000. And we'll get into an episode about music rights. But music rights are expensive. Yeah, dude, that's so true. What else? What else? Um, Thank you for bringing that up. That was so nice. (laughs) Uh, Time Warp from Rocky Horror. Ooh, Ooh, Beetlejuice. uh, Beetlejuice. Jump in the line. That's Uh, incredible. Staying Alive from Saturday Night Fever. I'm Saturday literally just Night like, Fever. <laughs> I'm Saturday just thinking in so my good. head about like what dance things are coming to my head. Um, uh, oh, Telephone, Lady Gaga, that music yes. video. Um, yeah, it's it's so crazy. And it's ooh, the it, Mean Girls. Mean Girls. If, if you don't know this, the, the <laughs> Jingle Bell Rock. Jingle, yes, the Jingle Bell Rock video. Then are you even are you a dancer? I don't know. Yeah, it brings um, people so much, so, so much joy. Anything Janet Jackson, anything uh, Michael Jackson, which we'll obviously get into. Paula Abdul. Paula, you took the words out of my mouth. Paula Abdul. There's one at the VMAs with her and like, it's basically just like a rotating door of like, I want to say like 10 male dancers and they keep going on and off stage and she stays and dances the entire time and kills it. And yeah, we need She's to, amazing. we honestly should make like a video library of all these references that yeah. we're naming off. Um, I'm trying to think, is there any animated? Cause again, I'm 12, any animated like dance sequences Hercules. that stick out in your mind? Oh my gosh. The uses which we just posted that video of like seven-year-old Alex jazz trio. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was you that said, when I think of dance, when I think of like jetes, that's who I think of the muses from Hercules. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. The muses are, Oh, they're so good. And um, actually, one of our mutual friends, Jimmy, um, we were working at Love. He helped with the choreography for... Um, You're for kidding. One. Yeah, I, I'm not completely um, saying his title correctly, but um, he was... He had a hand for, in it. He had a hand in it, and um, which is amazing. Cause, yeah, because oh. their choreography is so, so musical and... It's gorgeous, but yeah, Jimmy is like... And doesn't it start the movie too? They're on the vases? Yeah, 
bosses. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, I love that. So um, good. I'm trying to think what else. I'm trying to, now I'm shifting back into like musical theater mind. Oh, of course, West Side Story, Dance West the Gym. West Side Story, everything. Um, oh, snaps. Yeah, anything. Yeah, anything. I have the picture of the, um, in Wicked, the uh, oh, Oz with the glasses. Glass. Yeah, ooh, that's a good one too. I was thinking like the black glasses and they have the like the pinstripe umbrellas and stuff. Yes. What about dances? Can you think of anything off the top of your head, like iconic dances with props? Oh my gosh. Well, I know in Thoroughly Modern Millie, they have this tap number called the speed test. <gasps> yes, and they have it's the typewriters. So good. That one's good, but they, they're seated the whole time, which is, it's actually really hard to tap while seated. It's you know, really I just hard. started doing paradiddles while sitting in yeah, the chair right same. <laughs> <laughs> My ankles are like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And prop ones. Um, or like any huge like set I mean, scenes. I was in Beauty and the Beast in high school, napkin number three, shout out. And um, like the sugar bowl solo, like they wear a sugar bowl costume and they have to do a ton of fuetes. And that, that was a lot doing... of... Yeah, it was uh, a lot of <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's crazy. Honestly, we I feel like we could go on forever. Like there's so, you forget, at least from a personal experience, I forget as someone who's obsessed with dance and dance is my life and my, like I, I think I dream in dance. What's that saying? You know a language when you start dreaming in it. Mm-hmm. I dream in dance. I know we all do, but it's crazy to think how influential and how much of an impact dance has on society without even realizing it. And I love what you said earlier about it's a very like palatable and easily digestible form of entertainment and communication for non-dancers. So how so how cool. beautiful and how lucky are we to be in an industry that we get to be a part of that? So anyway, I'm just fangirling for ourselves right now. No, and for dance. you nailed it. It's good to have an appreciation. That was so perfect. Well, guys, stick around because you do not want to miss our interview with the incredible dancer, teacher, mentor, just overall joy spreader, Bonnie Story. Um, Stick around because there's some amazing, amazing things that she's going to share with us all. Next up, we have the incredible Bonnie Story, who needs no introduction, but let's just tell you a little bit about her. She is an incredible dancer from Utah. She trained everywhere. She danced for Ballet West. She also danced with Michael Jackson. She was mentored under Vincent Patterson. She also became uh, an incredible choreographer for So You Think You Can Dance, High School Musical 1, 2, and 3, Donnie and Marie in Las Vegas. And you can find Bonnie teaching at Hollywood Connection Dance Convention and other places nationally. And we are just so, so lucky to have the chance to sit down with Bonnie and all of the amazing advice and insight that she has to offer. So we hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys, please join me in welcoming our very special guest for this week. We are so lucky to have the incredible Bonnie Story on with us. Bonnie, how are you? <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to like hang out with you guys for a bit. I'm, I love that you guys are doing this, and I think it's so important for us to all hear each other and learn from each other. And just, you know, it's just fun to hear stories and things. So I appreciate you bringing me on. So thank it's you. a privilege. It's a privilege to talk to you. Oh. So thank you for taking the time. <laughs> We're so excited. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I 
I, I, I love you guys to death. You know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, Bonnie, if you could, um, just a brief uh, background of how you got into dance, a little bit of maybe where you're from and kind of what sparked okay. your passion for dance. Well, um, when I was a little girl, like I was the uh, neighborhood wacko jackal, but I just like would write these plays. And this is like, I found a play um, that I wrote when I was probably six or seven. And it was, this is not great right now, but it was, it was called the queen and her servant. And it was like this, I had my dog in it. I had the neighborhood kids in it. I costumed it. I like had tickets that I took around the the neighborhood. Like I've just always wanted to create and I've, and I put down the, I put on like dance shows. I had tickets in the, you know, and then my mom put me in dance and, um, and, and I grew up in Utah and, um, I started out at Shirley dance to school and, you know, down around the corner thing. And she was awesome. But, um, anyway, I just kind of kept with it throughout and I've just always been super creative and super, uh, you know, driven by music and art and uh, acting and things like that. And then I went to, uh, I was a Ballet West scholarship student at the U. I went to Juilliard for a semester and then I got contracts for companies and I uh, had a choice um, to, to continue with ballet through going up to maybe ABT with people that I danced with in the company or go to New York. And I came back to Utah, I danced with uh, Ballet West they offered me a contract and I was like, I kind of want to go to LA. <laughs> so I went to LA and um, had no idea what I was doing. Total ballerina. Um, I loved the acting parts in the dance, in the ballet companies. And so I just knew I, I saw flash dance and I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to move. I want to like, I want to experience all that. So I went to LA and Ben Loki and, uh, um, you know, I went to Bill and Jackie Landrum's class, which was where I met Vincent Patterson, who took me under his wing immediately and worked with him, assisted him. Kenny Ortega took me under his wing. Um, just some amazing people. And I have just kind of kept, you know, kept going. I would assist, was a dancer and I assisted the big choreographers and then they started handing me work like, hey, I want to direct. I want you to choreograph this. So it's kind of how it all started. But I, I, even like my husband and I, like he likes to listen to music to go to sleep. I can't because I just create. I can't unless it's just like, like spa music that I have absolutely no, you know, connection to. <laughs> just nice. So I've just always been kind of just way my brain. I just can't stop it. It's a curse I, and a blessing. I love I have, that. I have so <laughs> many. Sorry. I have so many things. <laughs> things to say i just love that like like naturally you're like i'm just gonna go around the neighborhood and and sell tickets like it was just a natural thing like you don't even know really like what a show is but you know that this is like a natural pull (laughs) the thing is my parents were so sweet and yeah we had no idea no idea they had they had no idea of the dance world um in fact, when I was in junior high, my ballet teacher, Carolyn and Ben Loki, who I ended up training with in jazz in LA, um, very amazing, amazing teachers. They, when I was in junior high, they're like, we think you should go to SAB. And I'm like, 
the heck is this? I'm a cheerleader. I don't really, no, no, thank pass. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like I just, we had no clue. So I stumbled into these things, right? I, and my parents were always really um, supportive, but they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what anything was, right? So it was crazy. I love that. And I love that, um, like Alex is saying, like age five, <laughs> you're like, I'm a producer, I'm a director, I'm a general That's manager, right. I'm a, you do A wardrobe all. mistress. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I want to dissect that a little bit more. Um, later, but it's, it's so interesting. I feel like everyone has such a unique, how I started dancing. And especially as we talked to Alex and I, um, on this podcast, we've had people from different backgrounds, whether it be commercial, um, concert dance. And it's, it's so interesting to hear, yeah, just the variety in oh, where yeah. it all started and the variety and where right. it brings everyone. But, um, I also, I love the point, you know, Alex and I, we both, um, we are in my, in my opinion, we are technique obsessors like we both um love ourselves some jazz some hip-hop some contemporary but um are both in agreement that it comes from that root of ballet and so i love that um you're just a shining example of that i honestly had no idea that you had such a um ballet centric <laughs> background um oh, knowing your resume and 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 knowing um from from just our time together. So um, yeah. how was that transition? How was it being, like you said, the ballerina that didn't know anything in LA? Um, well, a, a couple things. Um, when you have great technique, then you can play with it. Then you can do the modern and then you can do even, even hip hop. And like, I'm not a great hip hop te 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 teacher. Um, I'm not a hip great hip hop dancer, but I can move. I dance next to Michael Jackson. I mean, like once you have that, base then and that's what i try and preach and i'm sure you guys preach it in your classes it's like get the get the technique because then you play with it in contemporary then you play with it and it looks amazing you can't you can't i mean again like you say um taylor it's like there's a all, we all have our own journey and it's every everybody's journey is valid for them everyone has their own path right um in my classes i say I will understand my own personal artistic journey and celebrate it, right? Celebrate where you're coming from because, you know, we all came from more technique, but there are people that we all know that didn't and they're dancing next to us. So, um, but I am grateful for that technique because it, 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 it cuts a lot of hard steps out. The thing I had a really hard problem with and I didn't have a skill when I went to LA was picking up fast because in ballet companies, you would spend, you know, how many weeks and months on a ballet. And I went to LA and I was like, holy crap, I, I, I can't, oh my gosh. And Billy Goodson really helped me with this. And he's one of my, uh, you know, one of the many people that really influenced me, but his class really helped me because, and I think hip hop really helps with that skill because you have to pick it up really fast and, and in jazz class also, you know what I mean? But even Hip hop is more, is just more quick. So I think it's a great way to build that skill and you can get the skill because I didn't have it. And, um, you know, that's, that's one thing I had to really work for. Um, but I had always studied, like, you know, looked at, you know, different movement and things. And so I've, I've always wanted to do that. Like in the ballet companies, I always wanted to do the more contemporary, um, things along with the classical, but, you know, that was one transition that was pretty hard for me is learning how to pick up quick. So, you know, but grateful for the technique. And, and that's what always like, you know, Vincent, Kenny, 
uh, uh, Billy, all these people, Bill and Jackie Landrum was, oh my gosh, huge influence on my career. You can't fake it. And it's it's a common language. They all loved it. It's it's like you said, hip hop and contemporary, and um, I think a lot more um, modern, not like traditional modern, but modern as in timing of dance. It doesn't fit the mold, which can be frustrating in a way of like, wait, what are the ingredients? There isn't, you know, in ballet, you have petite allegro, you have a certain vocabulary and terminology, whereas in, in more modern contemporary movement styles, it's kind of monkey see monkey do and using, like you said, that technique as a basic to find that way to get to that, de- to that destination of that movement journey. Absolutely. So I love and, that. I love that. And, and, and I, and then that's one thing I love about contemporary is, you know, and, and even ballet, but I think people stiffen up in ballet because they think it's ballet, but in contemporary, uh, well, I always try and preach and I'm sure, and you guys move this way. So I know you believe it. I like to see the process of how to get there, not just the end, not that's just the end picture, but how do you get there? And I think contemporary is a beautiful way of showing that. And even in ballet, when I teach more of a ballet combo or whatever, I always say, like, don't stiffen up because this is a, you know, don't go back to classroom. You got to live through it still. And, you know, that's, I don't know. I just, I love that movement. I I feel like too, with technique, it's, you have to learn the rules to break the rules. It's a lot easier to break the rules after, you know, um, you know, your base, which is, which is everything it does. It does. Technique does allow you to skip certain steps. And um, I love what you said about picking up choreography and how that's a skill. And a lot of times we talk a lot about crashing and burning. Uh, Sometimes you got to like dive in and like, you just got to keep, learning it, got to keep practicing. And like, eventually right. you're going to be like, Oh wait, I remember that so well. Um, but I want to pump your tires. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Um, in the smooth criminal, um, music video choreographed yes. by Vincent Patterson, yes. you are in the red dress, correct? I am in the orange. I'm the one the that orange. on the dice. Yeah. Yep. Goes on the dice. We yeah. will, uh, we'll definitely post that <laughs> clip for you guys. Cause I, I was watching it last night and I was like, that's body. That's iconic. Body. No, iconic. it's, it was such an amazing experience. It was like for a dancer, as you guys all know, it was a sad gig and I was on the skeleton crew. So it was like 14 to 16 weeks. And it was like working next to Michael Jackson. And, and listen, I, that whole Michael Jackson thing, I, I just go by how he treated me. I don't condone anybody, anything with whatever. So I don't want to get into that because that's, that's his journey. Blah, blah, blah. But how he treated me and that, artistic monster that he is an amazing you know what i mean like i don't say monster but genius and and working in that environment we had to have our name we had to pick names my name was bunny and i helped Sindra with the with the bar we had like i remember uh eddie garcia and a bunch of us you know kind of we we had to have relationships. We had to know what our relationship was within the bar. We had to enter in that door that you see in the video. You can't just enter from the set. Like it was the, it changed my life. It, it, it I mean, Vincent changed my life. I, I'm just going to be really honest with you. He, he, I was in the studio hours and hours with him. He would take me in the hours in, in the studio and choreograph on me. And, you know, he comes from that acting background and, and then, uh, you know, he is just freaking genius. Um, but that experience with all those people and with Michael and, and then when I worked with Michael again on the 10th anniversary of MTV, when Robin, Tasha Ford and I were the two girls 
on stage with, um, I think it was Kevin Stay, John Kett, and uh, Carlton. I can't. Ooh, I have to. I'd have to go back and look. But um, that was incredible. And Michael came up to me um, during one of those rehearsals, and he said, um, "Bonnie, I j-, and he's super shy. I just." watch smooth and i just want to thank you so much for your work on that and thank you for being here and i'm like you know and there's a part in the mtv 10 year anniversary where um i have the world in my hands and i'm in a lift and he came up to me and he's just like i just love that part you look like a goddess i just thank you so much like so he's he was so wonderful to me and so that experience with smooth, um, life changing as a, as an artist, as an artist, I, just I can life changing. I can see that in the video and, you know, I I'm in an acting intensive right now. We're talking a lot about going I off book, it. going off book, but still staying in character. And like, mm-hmm. I watch, I watch smooth criminal and I'm like, okay, all of these dancers are 100% in character. Did oh. you like, did, was that easy for, for, for you? Cause of the energy in the room and the energy of the whole crew. So you felt like you could accomplish that. Absolutely. And, and this is the thing, and this is what I try and preach is that if everyone, you know, like when we perform or we're on a set, you're part of this amazing picture puzzle and every puzzle piece matters. And I always say this, your puzzle piece matters because if one piece of puzzle piece isn't in it, then it kind of wrecks. It's not complete. And, on that set, everyone from Sebastian Russell, who was the piano player, the, you know, I mean, from A to Z, whatever your part was, you are, everyone was in it. They knew what their relationship was with the, the guy across the room. They knew, you know what I mean? Like it was, honestly, it was so sick. It was, it was amazing. It was really incredible. It was incredible. That's so beautiful. And you also bring up a good point. I love how you can recall and recite everyone's name, everyone's character, who was doing what, because Alex (laughs) and I, again, something that we preach always is knowing your community. And last week we were fortunate to have Miguel Perez, who I know you know very well and work with, but we we talked, um, talked in depth about, yeah, building that name and that reputation, which comes from the root and the foundation of just being a good person and having, having that inviting energy and taking the time to walk up to someone if you don't know. And of course, not every gig can be like this, right? If you're in a set For of sure. hundreds, but knowing, hi, I'm Bonnie. Hi, I'm Taylor. Hi. And taking those, those steps that I feel like as dancers, sometimes we're too like shy to do. Whereas I don't know where that comes in the industry, but it's like the, Oh, I'm I'm just so grateful to be here. But the, the constant trend I see in our guests that I've had on and my successful friends in the industry are the ones that boldly step forward and, 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 bridge that gap and have that fearlessness of being like, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to work with you. Let's create some magic, you know, absolutely. as a a puzzle piece, as a mosaic, as you said. Absolutely. And the, and, and as casting now, like as I, as I've been choreographing for so many years, like there's some amazing dancers that I, that are incredible, but if their attitudes and you guys know this, all it takes is one bad apple on set or one bad apple in a cast. It can wreck the whole experience. Well, there's a, you know, as a choreographer, you don't take another, you, you get one shot because you don't have time to babysit and you don't, you know, for me, 
I'll speak for myself. I want, when you walk on a set with me or you walk on a stage with me, I want it to be in a really incredible experience. Like, you know, I love to have fun. As you guys know, I work hard. I, 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 I want things done. I, I, I don't want screwing around, but we have so much fun. And I don't want a complainer on set. I don't want somebody walking to wardrobe complaining. You know, I, I don't want someone like, oh, this, you know, and, and I hopefully watch out for my dancers enough that it's not an ever an unsafe situation. But there are dancers that, that I've been in situations with the top, I have to be careful here, um, top producers in New York and have a dancer come in chewing gum, you know, top clients of a huge company sitting there and the producer walked up to me and he does massive work. Why doesn't she care? And I'm like, and then it's and your fault. Like it's your, it's like I'm on like, you now. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? You have, and I had versed them in the situation and, you know, will I ever hire that artist again? Uh, probably not, which is really sad, but I can't, I can't afford can't, to, I can't, you can't risk I it. can't take it. No, never again. That never makes- again will I. It's interesting too, because I, I feel like a lot of what weeds out dancers is um, them having the healthy conversation with themselves. Like I know a lot of dancers who just said, I don't want to be a professional dancer anymore because I don't want to have to like do a full face to go, um, go to an audition or go to a casting. I don't want to have to put in that effort. And that's good. Make those realizations now because absolutely you, not, you need to be real with yourself. Like if you don't want to make that a priority, then you have to get yourself out because you're just going to make everybody yeah. else look bad and you're going to make yourself look bad as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's so important. And, and I, as we teach these master classes, and this is for you guys, for me, for all of our buds that are now teaching these amazing classes, I always, I, I think, and I always do this and I will try challenge you guys and all the people that are listening, challenge these kids to be great teammates, T- challenge them at six and eight and 10 and 12 and 16 and 18 to be a great teammate to their, whoever they're around because they're building habits that they're going to take when they come to us on sets or us on stage. And if they've been snots or they've been divas, it, it's, it's not going to fly. Right. And you're going to look at two amazing dancers. You're going to take the one you want to be around. Right. It's just what it is. So I feel like we need to really preach that. And and because I think, you know, they're building these habits that will follow them and their 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 reputations are starting like now. Right. So I think it's really important to to really preach that. Preach that. And and to be it's it's more than teaching dance. It's teaching teaching to be a good person, right? Which I, it's yeah, a life, it's a life skill. Oh my it's gosh. just. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I love that. I could talk at ends <laughs> just about that one topic, but there's so many other things I want to dive into. Okay. Um, of course, we couldn't have you on without talking about the iconic Disney Channel yeah. series, High School Musical. So um, can you briefly describe how I, I know you said um, you were in LA, you were networking, you have so many great connections and mentors, but Mm -hmm. um, obviously as a big fan of the series, big fan of yours, of Kenny Ortega, what was that process like? What was that getting that call? And did you ever think that it would escalate into the crazy viral succession that it was? 
I mean, very seldom do you get to be connected with a project that has three, a trilogy, right? Basically. And Kenny and Chucky Kaplow, who is, you should get him on here. He's amazing. He's so fun. He and I and Kenny were the choreographers and um, we would go in. So Chucky would go in and I would go into a studio. There's billions, obviously, you know, how many pieces were there. We'd go work it out and we'd bring it to Kenny. Kenny would put his amazing, amazing as the director. He's, he's one of my, he's honestly one of my favorites to work with because he has such a handle on the story and is this, is this step moving the story forward? And you know, this whole project, this whole process, but anyway, so we were in rehearsal, one of the first rehearsals and he looked at Ken, uh, Chucky and I, and he goes, you know, there's something different about this project. He goes, I don't know what it is, but you know, it was supposed to be like a Disney channel movie. What? Okay. Right. Great. But yeah, we had feelings of it, but no way did we realize what it was going to do. As we started filming and as when, when we saw the first one and we got the Emmy for the first one, we're like, what the heck happened? Like, what, you know what I mean? But if you look at the timing of it and the, you know, it, it was a, it was great timing. It was great cast. It was a great, you know, we had great dancers and, you know, Kenny's amazing. Chucky and I worked so well together and, um, it was just a great recipe, right? It just worked. And you don't get that very often. And then to have it again and again to spend, what, seven years with these people, right? It's crazy. I have so to, I'm very grateful. I, from like a personal uh, place, like it makes me want to cry. I, I remember when High School Musical came out because, <laughs> you know, I feel like as dancers, anytime we see dance in mainstream media, like all of us, like, our eyes get wide and we're like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. Like there's exposure mm -hmm. to dance. Cause when you're growing up as a dancer, it's constant. Like, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Like, that's going to be your career. What? And so when something like high school musical comes out and you know, I'm in like seventh grade and I'm like, this is amazing. Ah! Like they're dancing, <laughs> dancing in every scene, like right. inspired. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. That's, that's what I want to be a part of. That's amazing. And then it's like, right. Joe Schmo down the street knows what it is. And it's not that that's, yep. that's everything, but yep. it makes life a little more fun. So I like, you're so lucky you got to be a part of that and just oh, know bless. like it, it changed like my life, like being like a young, young dancer, like it has really influenced me. And it's something I always go back to. I could still watch that the first movie now and be like amazing. And then the second <laughs> and the third and you're just so lucky. So it really changed I, my life. I'm, it, it's so fun to hear stories. I, I'll tell you one experience I had. I was at Target shopping and I hear this little boy's voice. And I was like, get your head in the game, get your head in the game. And I walked around the rack, the clothes rack. And here's this little boy. He had to be seven, maybe. You never know. Had a little basketball. And he was bouncing it, singing that song. And I went, right then I went, wow, wow. Wow. We've hit some ner we've hit some chords here, right? And um yeah, it was yeah. That's, I that's, was like and then you see bumps. all these all these high school people and all these like, you know, all the high schools that are putting it on and I just I don't know, it's just mind-boggling. It really yeah, is. I'm so grateful. I have to jump on the same train with Alex in that it did so much as a young dancer and I'll, I'll add into it being a young male dancer from the South 
um, you feel like you're swimming upstream a lot, right? Absolutely. And a lot of no's and a lot of judgment. And so not only did it bring exposure to the dance world, but it made it cool. It made yeah. me feel confident in my own skin of being like, yep. I'm a dancer and this is what I'm going to do. And people got it because right. up until then it was just ballet companies, Broadway and TRL music videos. But yep. honestly, this was such a culmination of all of those things of commercial work of uh, musical theater of film of, of just, it was the perfect, like you said, the perfect recipe, but yeah. just know that it was so, so pivotal and inspiring to so many dancers in our generation. And especially for a little chunky self-conscious boy from Atlanta, Georgia, oh. that was getting picked <laughs> on to have that really, oh really gave me hope. So I can't thank oh, you enough that. for, for oh, it's, you being know, I'm gonna- a guiding force. Well, the writers, um, Kenny Ortega, I'm telling you, is a genius. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that had their fingers in it that really, really honestly painted it, painted it, like made sure that all those things that you've mentioned, uh, Taylor, were, were, were uh, in it. So for those very reasons. So it's really amazing. I, I want to... I thank you so much for sharing that with us. Like it really, it really means a lot. Like I, again, I'm just, That's I'm funny. So, I feel so lucky we get yeah. to talk to you right now. Um, oh, it's so fun. Uh, I feel like you've, I mean, you've had such an amazing career, both as a dancer and a choreographer and it's ongoing. Um, but definitely uh, being in that position, you're not even looking for inspiration, but you're constantly being inspired. So if you can to tell our listeners, like what is one of your biggest inspirations? It can be multiple things, but What's the thing that keeps you going? The, the thing that keeps you in love with this? Two things. Uh, music and story. Telling stories. Those are the two things. Okay, three. Music, telling stories, movement. Those three. I just, from the same, the, the exact same things that inspired me when I was five and six still inspire me today. And that is no joke, no lie. That's just what it is. I mean, that's I don't beautiful know how else to say that it, it yeah. is for, so your for, for your creative process, does it necessarily start from music on its own or is there, are those three things interchangeable or are they all congruent and equally important? I think you, you guys are so brilliant. The things you're saying are so well said. Um, I think, they're interchangeable. I think it depends on the project. A lot of times the story is made for you. So you, you know, you go from there. Um, uh, if I'm choreographing for So You Think You Can Dance, or if I'm choreographing for, uh, you know, something that I get to actually choose, like this music video, I get to have a ton of input. And it's super artistic. And you guys are going to flip out when you see it because it's going to be uh, so, it's just artistic and deep and right. I love it. Um, so it, it is interchangeable for me. I mean, I just, music has always driven me and, uh, but movement, I don't know. It's all those three. That's all I can say. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> so now you're such a, a creative, uh, lighthouse. That's a terrible analogy, but you, you shine oh, so, so much light 
Um, oh, you're so even, sweet. Thank you. Even in talking with you virtually right now, um, but in getting the chance to move with you, and I know you teach everywhere. You're on faculty for a Hollywood Connection yep. dance uh, dance convention, um, but you are such a, a inspiring teacher, and I know you've uh, inspired so many young dancers. So what would you say as someone that teaches everywhere? What's your number one advice, your number one tip for any young dancer right now that's trying to make it? I would say, oh, God, that's hard. Um, there's so or many. Or top three if it can't be one. <laughs> okay, top three. Okay, really quick. Um, enjoy the journey. Understand that your journey is never going to end as an artist. If you don't enjoy the journey, get out because it's a journey. It's an artistic journey and you keep learning and growing and learning and growing and learning and growing. I mean, I am still learning and I, you know, how many thousands of years have I been in this? <laughs> um, I would say that. I would say celebrate who you are and be inspired to be what you're not. You know what I mean? Like I always say like, don't compare yourself. As you know, we've all done it. I, I, I'm, I'm putting this on all of us out there in the land um, because we've all done it. And it is the worst rabbit hole that can shove yourself in. Being inspired by someone is completely different than comparing yourself to someone, right? Don't compare yourself to anybody because it just is a, it's a no win. But if you can, like you two in the studios when we work, studio when we work those days, so inspired me. Like I get inspired by people like you guys. I get inspired when I see people, like even if they're tripping over their feet in my master classes, but they're living the story. I'm inspired by that. So I would just say, really, you know, enjoy the journey of living. Enjoy the journey of finding these characters, living their characters. Lose yourself in the stories. Um, again, celebrate you. Celebrate what you do have to offer because there's things that other people don't have. But also be inspired to gain these other things that you don't have, right? And I would just say, please don't compare yourself. Just don't compare yourself. It's, it's a, it's a hole that is, is career ending because you're always going to find somebody that does something that you can't, but you forget to look in the mirror and go, but what do I have? What do I have to offer? And you don't always hire the best dancers. You, you, you hire those that bring something that bring their individuality, right? Be yourself. So I would, I would at least start there. <laughs> That's amazing. And I, I can go on, but I won't. Being yourself is tough. It it's oh, tough. scary. And sometimes like I don't feel like unique enough. I'll be like, oh, I'm not unique enough. And then oh, I my get God. past that and it's fine and it's whatever. But it's hard it's hard to be yourself when you get older and you do get inspired by the people and you do compare. So compare I have it written on my mirror, comparison will kill you. And yep. I look at it every day and that really I love that you brought that point up. So thank you. Yeah, it will kill you. It, it absolutely will kill you. I mean, we could all get on social media and see I could get on and see all the amazing projects that everybody's involved with, or you know, you guys can see what, you know, oh well, why are they doing it? it? It will kill you. And so you just have to you have to like vacuum in what you have and be grateful for what you have and um understand that your path, your journey is your journey. And if you keep having being positive and putting it out there, then it's going to come back to you. But if you get in that hole, nothing can come to you. You're too far down. 
Absolutely. I, I love that so much. And yes, it's definitely the double-edged sword that is social media. Um, Alex and I, it's a frequent topic, but um, I, I love, I love ending on that note. I love um, having that, that final message of yes, just trusting your journey, being yourself and just enjoying it, the highs and the lows. I know Alex and I have enjoyed this past. <laughs> I don't know where the time went. Literally I blinked and, and, um, uh, and, and, and we're wrapping up, which I hate, but again, I'm so, so grateful, Bonnie, to have you on, um, for our listeners, if, if they want to stay up to date with you, what's the best way to do that? Whether, um, it be social media, ironic timing or a website, <laughs> exactly. um, <laughs> um, probably, uh, social media, probably Facebook. I always, um, put things on there, what I'm doing, um, or after the fact, I don't like to, I mean, maybe when I'm on set, you know, I'll post a few pictures, but usually it's after, but like any auditions I'm doing that isn't through agents and sometimes through agents, I'll post on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, but yeah, usually awesome. that. Well, thank you again so very much for taking the time to talk with us oh. today. I, Alex and I always end up uh, just being so inspired and like ready to, with this <laughs> like bigger to glowing, take on love. After. So, so we can't thank you enough. We appreciate you. Um, and we look forward to the opportunity to get back dancing with you soon, hopefully oh, sooner I rather than later. Wait. Oh, I can't wait. I love you guys to death. And thank you for doing this podcast. Like it's so, it's so positive and so, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's sharing and it's how we grow. Yes. So. And reflection too, which is important. Reflection well. is, is absolutely huge. Yeah. So thank yeah. you so much. What Bonnie. a pleasure. All right. Yes. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.